we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media outlets a reason why it is crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute we're joined by Erica in the studio good morning good morning happy hump day yeah <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside yeah you know I was reading early on in the morning that it was gonna be uh, overcast but it's, it's just really nice yeah. out huh it's really nice outside alright so be sure to enjoy a walk or at least a brief stroll yeah. throughout the day uh, May is turning out to be a really nice month, actually. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, brace yourselves for summer conditions. Coming soon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But maybe yesterday was a perfect weather for thousands and thousands of people to visit Chongade on mm-hmm. its first day of its grand opening. It did seem pretty crowded, let me be honest. Uh, I lived in an area for uh, roughly six years. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I know how beautiful it, that area, that whole area can be in the springtime. It starts with the cherry blossoms mm. along that entire the avenue in front of sure. Tongwade. Sure. And then it, it just becomes so green. There are lots of trees. Oh, yeah. It's a sight to be seen even if you don't walk into the grounds yeah. of Tongwade. But uh, thousands of people actually got to walk in yeah. <laughs> to the compound yesterday. It was flooded, in fact, <laughs> uh, yesterday morning, which was the first day Tongwade fully opened to the public. Mm. Uh, there was an opening ceremony, of mm. course. More than 6,000 people entered the compound. Um, of Chongwade close to 11.40 a.m. Mm. They looked around the 250,000 square meter space. Uh, uh, it's a very vast compound. Uh, it included the main office building, of course, and the residence that have been used by um, mm. Korean presidents over the past 74 years. So it's the first time for yep. them to open it up to the pub- the general public, yeah. that is. You can, to fully open. To, to the, fully open, yeah, right? Because right. you had just limited access if you had made reservations mm-hmm. to get a tour of Changwade, but yep. this is different. Yeah, and visitors also uh, took leisurely walks around the gardens, mm. impeccably polished, of course, <laughs> and uh, they also looked around the state guest house, Yongbinguan. I was going to say, those gardens are always so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Former President Moon Jae-in left the compound Monday, so that was a really quick turnaround. Yes. Um, you know, visitors, uh, they, they walked around. Of course, the press uh, journalists were there to yeah. talk to them, to interview them, and most of them echoed similar sentiments. They said, wow, Cheongwade is much fancier and bigger than uh, I've seen in textbooks <laughs> and on the news, on the television. In textbooks, we usually get, you know, kind of like a far removed like, you know, yeah. shot from far away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, um, the inside, the interiors of Chongwade, the buildings are off limits to visitors for mm. now until all of the all of the sensitive documents and, uh, I guess, equipments have been removed from the grounds. They still have documents to move out. Yep. And yep. eventually that will also be extended to the general mm-hmm. public for access as well. Meanwhile, President Yun sang began his term at midnight Monday at the new presidential office in the former Defense Ministry building that's in Seoul 
Seoul's Yongsan-gu district. That's right. The defense ministry has been moved to a nearby building mm. used by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Now, Cheongwade um, is located at the foot of a mountain, mm-hmm. Mount Pugak. It's not a big mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's located behind the main palace right. of the Joseon Dynasty, Gyeongbokgung Palace. Right. Um, and uh, it served as both the presidential office and residence for the past, again, 74 years mm-hmm. following the establishment of the South Korean government in 1948. And there were other uh, presidents in the past that yeah. wanted to move the presidential office for, you know, the reasons cited, like um, it's a little bit too far removed yeah. from everyone else and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it took many years for it to actually come into action, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like many visitors had mentioned yesterday, it is a vast compound covering 250,000 square meters. That's about 62 acres. 62 acres. Um, so if any of our listeners have visited the White House in Washington, D.C., Cheongwade, yeah. the compound, is 3.4 times larger than the White House in D.C. And I thought, though, the land that the White House stood on was also pretty massive, yeah. too. It so, is. It is massive. So for comparison, yeah. it is... Three and a half times larger. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for those of you wondering, the word "chongwade" translates to, I guess, house with blue tiled roof. Mm, yeah, literally. Yeah, uh, it consists of the main office building, the the residence, the state reception house, press hall, secretariat buildings, and eventually, I want to be the lucky few, actually lucky few thousands, <laughs> to go visit. Yeah. The history of the Chongwade site spans over a thousand years, so, yeah. so it's not just about those seventy-four years or so no, presidential. Not at all. Yeah. It was in fact home to royal palace halls during the Goryeo dynasty. Um, it was part of the rear garden of Gyeongbokgung Palace during the Joseon dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Japanese colonial period, the Japanese governor general's off- official residence was located here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former president Lee Seung-man in 1948 began to use the site as the presidential office mm-hmm. and uh, residence. Uh, he named it Gyeongmude, mm-hmm. actually. And when it was um, renamed. Yeah, it was renamed in 1960 mm-hmm. after the inauguration of uh, then-President Yoon Bo-sun. So to visit Gyeongmude, yep. one must make a reservation in advance yes. online. So starting today, every day, uh, you can make online reservations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm. Uh, the daily cap is 39,000 visitors daily. Uh, 6,500 Visitors are allowed in per two-hour time slot. I think that's plenty of time. Well, I don't know. Yeah. The compound sounds really big. <laughs> uh, apparently, it takes at least an hour to take a good look around the entire compound. So, so maybe, keep that in mind. Maybe what I really need to do is hit the gym, get yeah. my cardio up, uh-huh. and then book a reservation or, for Or, I mean, Bukchon is not that far away. <laughs> so you can visit maybe the, the, the Contemporary Art Museum nearby, yeah. walk around the entire Bukchon area, go into one of the super cute cafes. You Lots to do around that area. My lovely weekend for <laughs> me. Maybe not this weekend. I feel like it'd already be, it would be really crowded, mm. right? I'll give it a few weeks. Give it a few weeks. And brave it. Yep. When it gets hotter? <laughs> All right. To each their own. On to our second buzzword this morning, the Busan Food Film Festa. If you're hearing it for the first time, that's okay. It hasn't been around that many years, but uh-huh. it's exciting because it's food and films. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this year's Busan Food Film Festa, it's BFFF. <laughs> has been confirmed. The dates will be from July 1st 
through the third. Uh, it, it's a festival that features food-related films mm-hmm. and documentary features. Mm-hmm. There's also food provided on site, a slew of food-related events uh, in areas around uh, Busan Cinema Center in Haeundae, which is, the, I guess, the, the most iconic beach yeah. in Busan. And the home ground yeah. for BIF, the Busan International that's Film Festival. Right. And I always thought it was a little bit wasteful, like, because that's just once a year, uh-huh. right? And the rest of the year, of course, they screen some movies, yep. but it's a large space. So to utilize it, I think it's fun. Do, do you think they'll start calling it boof? <laughs> I don't know. Is that impossible? <laughs> All right, there's a theme for this year's festival. Yeah. In Korean, 술 마시는 인류, 호모바쿠스, mankind that drinks. <laughs> Homobacos. That's funnier. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Do we have a list of films that will be screened at this year's Buff? We don't have the official list yet, but organizers are going to announce the list pretty soon. Mm. Roughly 15 films are going to be featured at this year's Festa. Mm. Uh, again, all of these films center around alcohol, <laughs> humanities, food. And uh, as I mentioned before, there's no shortage of programs and events okay. that you can uh, you know, take part in. You can engage in discussions mm. with uh, food critics oh. while enjoying food and drinks. That's so exciting. Yeah. Do you ever watch a TV drama or watch a movie and think, ooh, I want that? You know, when I watch movies, yeah. I, I sometimes pause when I, you know, to see... Somebody opens a fridge, for example. The other day I watched a movie with mm. Diane Keaton. She opened uh-huh, the fridge uh-huh, and uh-huh. I saw some stuff in the fridge. I'm like, I, I paused it to see, mm, what are the contents <laughs> of this uh, main character's <laughs> fridge? Was that trying to better understand a character or were you just curious about the ingredients I there? think both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, some of the events, one of them is called Cook Talk, very um, self-explanatory, sure. and Food Terrace mm. is another one. All right, sounds like the best of both worlds if you're a food and film lovers, and I'm assuming most of our listeners are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also something called a, a food salon event. Uh, participants and food critics will talk about food cultures from all around the world. Okay. And staying true to the theme of this year's Festa, A Mankind That Drinks, they're going to be wine and liquor tasting events as well. So fun. people can sample wine, traditional mm-hmm. Korean liquor, craft beer, even whiskey, while taking part in seminars that talk about these alcohols. I mean, this is fun, right? Yeah. I'm not a big drinker, but still, it just sounds that the fact that you can sample yeah. all these beverages yeah. and, and hear the experts talk about it, yeah. it makes the experience so much more immersive. If exactly. you don't know anything about it, this is a great place to start. And if that isn't enough to convince you to maybe check out to this year's Festa. Yeah, yeah. There are going to be food trucks from all parts of the country. Pusan's ah. uh, favorite restaurants are going to be holding pop-ups. Uh, there's also going to be something called a potluck zone. What's I guess that? it's a picnic area. Is you can bring your own food and drinks and enjoy them on the grounds with friends and family. So it's just one big picnic yep. ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, food provided, but you could bring your yes. own too. That's so clever. Yep. All right, so that's happening this year in July. July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. All right, something to look forward to. And on to our last buzzword of the day. I'm sure you've seen the headlines. A very, very, very extraordinarily expensive pop art piece. That's right. Uh, Andy Warhol's 1964 artwork, Shot Sage Blue Marilyn, has set set a new record for the modern and contemporary art market. So just yesterday, uh, the silk screen sold at Christie's for a record $195 million. I'm not going to pretend like I know how much that is. That's a lot of money. And uh, (laughs) yes, superlatives abound. It became the most expensive. 
expensive 20th century artwork to ever sell at an auction. It also became the most expensive American artwork to ever sell at an auction. Uh. It became the second most expensive publicly sold artwork in history. Now, the $450 million Leonardo da Vinci is still in the first place. Okay, so there's a big difference between the first place, uh, yeah. uh, well, the most expensive piece ever hold in a publicly sold But that's uh, Da Vinci. Auction. But that's Da Vinci, you're right. <laughs> uh, can we c- compare Da Vinci to Warhol? Not not really. <laughs> I don't think it even caters to the same audience. No. Anyway, yep. of course, questions uh, always come about who has the money to buy this? Who's the winning bidder? Yeah, the winning bidder was, uh, well, he's by f- <laughs> far and away one of the most powerful art dealers in the entire world. He's a super dealer. His name yeah. is Larry Gagosian. Mm. He was in the room and mm. uh, he, he won the bid. Um, the painting, along with the 35 other lots in the sale, mm. was consigned by the Thomas and Doris Amon Foundation in Zurich. Mm. Uh, Thomas, a noted art dealer and collector, died of AIDS-related complications in 1993. His sister Doris took over the gallery and ran it until her death mm. last year. Now, all all of the sales proceeds will go to the foundation, which is devoted to healthcare and educational programs. All right. Just because I want to know who was a previous record ho- holder. <laughs> yeah. What was a prior record for an American artwork before this Andy Warhol piece? Uh, it was an untitled Basquiat, uh, which sold for $110.5 million dollars in 2017. So former buddies giving each other's works run for yes. their money posthumously. Yep. All right, there you have it. Thank you very much, Erica. I'll Pleasure. see you tomorrow. Have a great day. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.